1: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Finding Genius podcast. I have Dr. Jonathan Greenberg. Uh, he runs a company called Sleep Certified. Website is sleepcertified.com. And he's uh, one of the most foremost authorities on treating snoring and sleep apnea, specifically obstructive sleep apnea in the U.S. And he has, uh, he's created what's called Snore Experts. And uh, he has clinic locations where uh, you know, they're, they're helping people with sleep apnea and snoring. So, Jonathan, thanks for coming.
2: Uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, tell me, what's well, first of all, what fascinates you about snoring? Why do you study it and and sleep apnea?
2: Well, to be honest, I kind of fell into it about 20 years ago and uh, had no, my background as a bioengineer and a dentist. And uh, about 20 years ago, somebody came into my office and said, the newest thing in dentistry is going to be treating snoring and sleep apnea. And I looked at them and I said, why a dentist and why do you think this is so? And they gave me a bunch of reasons and I said, okay, uh, sounds great. Let me try it out. I certainly had piqued my interest because I knew many people who had snored and had uh, actually at that point, sleep apnea was new to me as well, but I knew many people had snored. And so I said, you know, let's go forward. Okay. That's kind of where it started. Um, What happened next was I started to uncover all these medical issues and diseases that occurred from both snoring and sleep apnea. And things such as you know four times greater risk of a stroke, three times greater risk of a heart attack, how it has a tremendous impact on the immune system, which I believe is going to uh, demonstrate in a few years a large impact on a lot of the autoimmune diseases. So things like fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, um, lupus, things of those nature. Uh, Because what happens is when you snore and have sleep apnea, you interrupt what we call the REM sleep, where you dream and it's a big part of the restorative sleep. And that has a big role with your immune system. So that intrigued me. And then uh, we looked at weight gain. 60 Minutes did a great program about six, seven years ago where they showed if you are not getting the the proper amount of REM sleep, which is about 20 to 25 percent of your normal sleep. And then you actually, your body metabolism cuts about in half, 50% of normal, and you're going to crave carbohydrates because one of the enzymes, leptin, production is reduced. So if you're snoring, you're not only going to gain weight uh, because your body metabolism is less and you're going to crave carbohydrates, so a diet is almost impossible, but a term that I coined is secondhand snoring. So the bed partner who is next to you trying to be a good bed partner, uh, with your snoring, they are actually disrupting your REM sleep as well. And so the bed partner will probably gain weight uh, and have all those other uh, issues going on uh, just as as much as the snorer will. So really kind of fascinating. And the more you looked into it, and then of course you've got things that a lot of people are familiar with type two diabetes, in addition to the weight gain, GERD, uh, there was a study done in Hawaii linking it to cancer, and now there's a lot of studies going on linking uh, sleep apnea um, to Alzheimer's as well. And all of these things are cumulative, so they're not, they don't just, some, suddenly one day you have sleep apnea and you have all these diseases. These goes on for 10, 15, 20 years, and they get worse yes. with age, which was, again, one of the fun things we came up with.
1: Well, how do you... Um... I've heard plenty of people talk about sleep apnea and CPAPs and oral appliances and, you know, hypoglossal nerve tongue shockers and things like that surgeries. But the snoring seems to be, I don't know, not treatable or treated nearly as much, you know, apnea. Yes. But I guess, first of all, how detrimental is snoring versus snoring plus apnea? And then are there any specific snoring treatments for the noise. So great question. Um, so, Snoring is
2: pretty much very devastating, okay? Uh, People think that snoring is not a big deal. And the only way to tell if you are a snorer or if you have sleep apnea is actually a sleep test. And so one of the things that happens is uh, there's estimated 30 to 40% of the people who snore have sleep apnea. So if you snore, there's at least a one out of three chance you actually have sleep apnea. You just, you know, you're so used to it, it happens, it, it occurs slowly. And when you look at what really snoring and sleep apnea is, I think one of the things I should do right here is kind of define for people, what is snoring? What is sleep apnea? Uh, because it's really pretty simple. The snoring is a partial blockage of the airway. So basically the tongue falls back partially or the airway closes partially. And that creates, you're making the diameter smaller and in making that diameter smaller, uh, think of air as water, okay, it's a fluid. And when you narrow it, it accelerates it and it creates turbulence. And so that acceleration and turbulence is what creates noise, uh, just like an airplane engine. The air goes in one speed, comes out another, and it's more turbulent. Now, sleep apnea is when the airway is completely blocked. So it's no longer partially blocked, it's completely blocked. Now what happens here is, As the body gets older, what happens to our muscle tone?
1: Yeah, it goes down typically, unless you keep after it.
2: Well, but even when you do, even when you exercise, everybody will tell you, I've got to exercise more just to maintain uh, the same kind of muscle mass that I had as we get older. So as we get older, we lose muscle tone. And as we lose muscle tone, the tongue, which is a muscle, starts to fall back more. So most people, when they're 20, 30, 40, they don't snore much or at all. But as they get to 40, 50, 60, Now they start to snore a lot, and it gets worse and worse. And, you know, one of the things when I first got into this industry is uh, the research all was talking about the airway, the airway. Nobody addressed the tongue. But to me, it was common sense. I said, when the people sleep on their back, their snoring is worse. They get elbowed to roll over. Well, if you look anatomically, the only reason why you would snore more on your back uh, than your side is because your tongue is falling back. Gravity is pushing it backwards. The same thing people say, I only snore when I drink alcohol. Well, alcohol is a muscle relaxant. So anything that's going to relax your muscles, make them weaker, is going to make the snoring and or sleep apnea worse. And that's why as we get older, we go from snoring to loud snoring to really loud snoring to mild sleep apnea to moderate to severe sleep apnea. And that's the why, would,
1: um, why would someone snore on their side, though? Because the tongue, I don't think, would fall back into the throat at that point. Is it is the snoring then more a vibration of the pharyngeal tissues or?
2: Uh, the, on the, you, just because you're not snoring on, just because you're not on your back, what actually happens that most people are not aware of is most people would sleep out you do not sleep on their back. And the reason they don't sleep on their back is because the body is all about survival. And the body doesn't know you can see a doctor or a denti- physician or a dentist and get treated. The body wants to make sure you, know, you don't block your airway and you know possibly die tonight so it has you sleeping on your side you don't know why you're more comfortable that way but you that's what you tend to do now the tongue is very large and even on your side that tongue is still can fall backwards you also have the pharyngeal tissue that also can close that also absolutely has a component to it and each person's going to be a little bit different now one of the misconceptions that a lot of people tell me is that you know doc my snoring my nose. It has nothing to do with my tongue. It has nothing to do with my pharyngeal tissues or the throat. It's my, it's my nose. I played football in college. I broke my nose or I have a deviated septum or my turbinates are huge. And my quick question to them is, well, if that's the case, how come you don't snore while you're standing and while you're awake? Because nothing happens to the nose to change it while you're standing and awake. But you don't snore then, do you? And, of course, they agree they don't. Right, what happens right. very simply is uh, to use an analogy, if you take a hose and you're about 10 feet from the wall, you aim it at the, ho- at the wall, it barely makes it to the wall. Uh, the wall is really not making much noise. Now, if I put my thumb over the end of the hose, now, of course, the force increases dramatically of that water, it goes against the wall and that wall is suddenly making a lot of noise. It's not making noise where my thumb is, but the wall is making a lot of noise. Now, if I move my thumb away, then the water pressure Goes way down, and that you don't have the noise on the wall any longer. Well, the same thing happens in the throat and the nose and the mouth. When the tongue falls back, it accelerates the airway. So, yes, the noise actually is heard at the nose, but if you move the tongue up, forward, out of the way, then you stop snoring again. There's no snoring anymore exactly. because you're opening up the airway.
1: So, what, what would be some of the, uh, the ways to fix snoring? I mean, I, I know of the home remedies like didgeridoo, you know, singing lessons. Um, tongue exercises, those, those kinds of things. But, you know, what, what else is there in the arsenal to help people with snoring and apnea?
2: Well, there's a lot of things that are out there. Uh, as you and I'm sure many of your listeners have seen, um, you know, all over the place, you can just Google this stuff. Uh, you know, the beds, uh, you know, you've got the beds that lift and raise. So, again, when you're raising, uh, or extra pillows, uh, when you do that, you're causing uh, gravity to have less of an impact on the snoring. There are pillows designed and there are some products out there uh, designed if you're snoring to raise the pillow uh, to turn your head position uh, and to uh, attack it that way. There are uh, some sprays that uh, people have out there to uh, act like a surfactant to make the uh, tissues more slippery. Unfortunately, they tend to work um, not very well because after about half an hour or 45 minutes, Uh, the tissues back to the way it was before. You have breathe right strips to kind of open up the nasal passages uh, and airway and such. Uh, You've got these uh, new nasal clips, kind of like plastic clips you can put in your nose that also help that. Um, You know, what we find are those, they tend not to work that great. The mouthpieces tend to work best. There's um, the primary, when you use a mouthpiece, most mouthpieces on the market bring the jaw forward. And that kind of, the goal there is to indirectly uh, bring the tongue forward, um, and they can be, depending on the mouthpiece, more or less effective. One of the products we designed, or I designed and developed and invented, uh, was the Zipa mouthpiece, which stands for happy Z backwards. Um, And what my patents on on that were creating a tongue strap. And so uh, we um, have a strap specifically on that to keep the tongue from falling back, Uh, we, the FDA had us um, do a clinical study. So we had to do a clinical study with over 600 people on it. In fact, we're the only direct-to-consumer mouthpiece that has that clinical study and it had a 91% effective rating. However, with that said, most people who snore uh, and have sleep apnea, it's got a big tongue and a small mouth, which is why the tongue falls back. So if somebody gets this or tries the Zipa mouthpiece they need to be patient to work through the potential gagging that they might have. And my recommendation is always they put it in an hour before they go to bed for about a week. And if they do that within a week, they can sleep comfortably with it. Uh, But that's an important thing. The big issue that we, that I looked at um, when we went through all of this and the frustration for me was the fact that there's an estimated, as I said before, 30 to 40 million people with sleep apnea, there's 100 million people who uh, have who snore, right. and less than 10 percent of the people are actually treated. And if you, at the beginning we talked about the diseases that occur from sleep apnea, and in 2000, and actually I think it was 1998, uh, Dr. Young did a study and found that only 10 percent of the people with sleep apnea were treated. In 2010, Dr. Young repeated the study and found still only 10% of the people with sleep apnea were treated. To oh. me, that was just inexcusable when this sleep apnea was such a significant, has a, such a significant impact on people's health.
1: How would they know that only 10% were treated? That would mean that it was, it, all those people were at least diagnosed, right? But then they, what, the treatment didn't work or they refused it? I'm not sure of the study.
2: Um, it can be looked up. Um, it's a very good question. I don't believe that they were diagnosed. I don't think, um, yeah, I think that these are estimates that are done based on uh, certain data of how many people have sleep apnea, and then they were probably looking at the number of people who are treated uh, successfully with sleep apnea. And so I, I think that's where it's coming from. And so what I looked at is why so few people were being treated, and what I found was a system that was very broken or fragmented and you know, I'm sure you've, you've interviewed many, many people. Uh, you've seen a lot of people in different areas. My goal was to get everything kind of easy for the consumer, easy for the patient. Okay. So, just it, so just to give you an example, okay? Um, if somebody wants to find out if they have sleep apnea, typically they'll go to see their primary care physician who will probably refer them to a sleep physician who will probably refer them for an overnight sleep test. They then have to go back to the uh, sleep physician specialist, who will in most cases then send them, uh, give them prescription for a CPAP machine. And that's pretty much the way it's gone mostly. And you can see why, you know, I know for most men like myself and others, we rarely go see a physician unless we've got some acute problem going on. It could be three, five, every 10 years. And probably my wife has to make the appointment, and even then I might not show up to it. So to have to go to all these appointments, take all this time from work, and then go to wear a CPAP machine, which most people I've come across don't want to, uh, and think that that's the only solution, uh, that becomes kind of, uh, I believe, one of the major problems to people getting treated. And so working backwards, I said, what do we have to do to get these people treated? And so what we did in L.A. kind of as a test group uh, center is – and that's why we kind of – we formed three companies. We formed Snore Experts, Sleep Certified, and ZPA. So ZPA was to create awareness to the consumer and a simple, inexpensive solution for Hmm. people who only snored. Now, the Snore Experts treatment centers were the test model for – what I perceived as the ideal solution for treatment, which was everything in one place. So the Snore Expert Treatment Centers, which are in Los Angeles, uh, they have, all you have to do is, remember I told you what, what normally happens. Now, if you went to your primary care physician or you went to the Snore Expert Centers directly, you go in there and they will have you do a home sleep test. You'll leave that day with a home sleep test. You'll come back a few days later and they can supply you with the treatment, whether it be a CPAP machine or an oral appliance. Laser is a wonderful new treatment that we've been having a lot of success with. There's a bunch of nutraceuticals, uh, there's surgical options. Uh, We have a board certified sleep physician who's our medical director there. And so we have everything in one place so it's incredibly convenient for the patient, for the consumer, the individual that wants treatment so they can get not only the, the sleep test done, but all treatment options in one place, uh, with, with whatever's best for them. And so that's the snore experts, where we went and vetted it, and they've been around for 10 years now. Uh, and then sleep certified was a way, was a, a company that consumers could find out who were experts, uh, true true experts in sleep medicine. One of the things or my kind of grievances uh, or pet peeves is when someone is board certified or a diplomat in a sp- particular specialty, that really only tells their academic experience. It doesn't say how many patients they treat. It doesn't tell you how good they are with a patient, how many you know, five-star reviews they get. It doesn't really tell much about uh, that doctor, which is really important to a patient when you're trying to choose. Who to see for something so important. So sleep certified, uh, I mean, today, the number of dentists who I would say there's about 150 to 200,000 dentists in the US. And there's less than a few thousand dentists who have treated more than 15 or 20 patients for sleep apnea.
1: Yeah, I so, know the dentist I go to doesn't say anything about it. They, they just do a cleaning and they don't say a word. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. So my, my feeling was, or my problem was, I said, if we want to start treating these 40 million people, so you've got 40, 30 to 40 million with sleep apnea, you have three to 4 million treated. And if we move that needle to 10, 20, 30 million be people being treated and all these snores, there's not enough physicians or dentists that are trained uh, in medical or dental school. In fact, in medical school, you get, the doctors get about an hour of training in medical school and the same thing in dental school, about an hour of training in sleep medicine. So we created sleep certified as a way for dentists and physicians, because it's open to both dentists and physicians. It's the only program I know of that really is uh, done to train both. And uh, it's well, tell, under- tell me
1: again, as, as a, as a patient, what will I experience <laughs> if I go to one of these sleep centers or go, you know, work with someone that's been through the sleep certified program? That's what I think listeners want to know. What's the experience like? What does it involve?
2: Okay. So, Sleep Certified is really just getting off the ground now, so we don't have many uh, trained dentists and physicians throughout the U.S. yet. If you're in Los Angeles, you're you're lucky because we have the Snore Experts Treatment Centers, which are doing that. But the training will be, and what the experience will be, is when they go into that dental office. So uh, what we've done is we've rated the dentist with nine levels of certification, one through nine. One is obviously the dentist just starting, nine would be the expert's. And anybody that would be seeing a level nine dentist, what they could expect is sleep testing. So they would go that one place, get the sleep test, and then they would get be able to get an oral appliance and or a CPAP machine. So uh, basically, that same kind of convenience. And the sleep test, most people prefer to get a home sleep test. And the sleep test, uh, the home sleep test, I like for many reasons, as opposed to the overnight one. There's a there are there are benefits, pros and cons for both types. Um, and you know, if you want me to go through that, I'm happy to go through it. Or I could talk about some other aspects.
1: Well, you know, let's keep going because this this is not the end of the program, right? It's uh, is it just the fact right. that is there is it the convenience that you can get everything done in one place under one roof, or where is the uh, the innovation here?
2: So in so as far as the treatment centers, there's basically it's it's a matter of convenience of everything under one roof, as well as uh, being able to get your treatment options. So most people, if they go to see a physician, 95% of the physicians are going to try and put them in a CPAP machine. If they go to see a typical dentist, 95% of those dentists are trying, going to try and put them in a mouthpiece, an oral appliance. And as you mentioned before, there's the hypoglossal nerve st- uh, stimulator. And uh, that concerns me. Um, I actually don't know of anybody who really, uh, if it wasn't covered by insurance, you know, or they weren't incredibly desperate, tries to that. I have a concern that you've got an electric, uh, let, you're creating an electric magnetic pulse, uh, pretty much, I think it's about an inch, inch and a half from the brainstem, stem. And that's going all night long, every night. And just like having a cell phone to your ear uh, for long periods of time, that concerns me. So I see that as an absolute last resort. Um, they surgeries
1: so, and such. So, I see the, the innovations here are multiple. So, one is that the process will be probably be a lot faster until you get your resolution. It's all under one roof, and I know it can take months otherwise. And then,
2: yeah, you can, they don't you can just say, oh within
1: a week. Yeah, that's amazing. And then, oh, I don't have just a bunch of CPAPs on my shelf, so have one of those. It's like what works best for you. Maybe it's CPAP, maybe it's, you know, oral appliance, maybe it's both. Maybe, you know, at least you're able to offer what will actually help the most instead of just what you have to sell in your wagon. And, you know, all these things I think will integrate to make it an innovative and much better experience. Exactly.
2: Yeah. We're trying, and we're, we're not just stopping here with what we have. We constantly are looking uh, and speaking to people and looking at new products, looking at new options. So we don't ever want to, you know, be product dependent. We want to be expertise dependent. So we want to keep looking at all the different options. It's, like with the laser, uh, the laser is fascinating because what the laser does is it doesn't cut, it's non ablative. Uh, the way it works is it works on the collagen. And uh, for your listeners uh, that might not be aware, collagen, easiest uh, kind of analogy, it's like the rubber bands of our body. And so uh, when you have rubber bands that are 40, 50, 60 years old, what are they? They're kind of stretched out, uh, which means everything's kind of sh- uh, um, uh, it's kind of um, stretched out, it's kind of uh, just kind of sitting there. Now, what happens uh, with the laser is it kind of rejuvenates it. Uh, you kind of zap it with the laser, it's not really a zap, it's quiet, it's, um, uh, but it, what it does is it rejuvenates that collagen, it shrinks it, makes it tighter, and when it does that, it, uh, the tissue in the airway, the throat, opens up, so it makes that airway in the throat bigger and there's more space there. Uh, we actually, quite honestly, when we first tested it out, I was question I questioned whether it would work very well or not. And to my surprise, if people snore, we've had very good success with it, uh, probably about 50 to 75% um, success with getting at least a 70 to 90% reduction in the snoring. If somebody has sleep apnea, it pretty much will not handle the sleep apnea, uh, but, Say with a mouthpiece, maybe the oil appliance, maybe they got 70 to 85 percent better with the laser, that could get them that extra 10, 15, 20 percent. If they have the CPAP and they use the, and we do the laser, uh, then very often the pressure in the CPAP machine can be reduced. So uh, we've been finding that in combination for sleep apnea, it's worked well. For snoring, it's worked um, pretty well as well, and it typically is about three visits, uh, two to three weeks apart. And, but that's one of the newest technologies. Uh, it's actually been around, uh, the laser's been around for many years in dentistry for about the last five. And we've been very happy with it. So that's one of the newer technologies coming out. And there's new stuff all, every day coming out.
1: So that's like low level laser therapy that you shine it on the back of the throat and the other tissues and it essentially rejuvenates them in a muscular sense.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it tightens it up cool. and it shrinks the areas, the, the uvula, the soft palate, uh, the pharyngeal space there.
1: So I could go to my friends and say, look, do you notice anything? I had a pharynx lift, bad joke.
2: <laughs> there you go. All right,
1: well, that's yeah. great. No, that's great. What, what else do you want to add to the arsenal?
2: Um, you know, I think for, you know, the, the, the individual, the consumer, my message is that snoring is not a joke. Snoring uh, is very serious. Even if it's not sleep apnea, it's very serious. Uh, If you think, you know, Harvard did a study, and I think basically they demonstrated that uh, someone who either snores or is sleeping next to a snorer that's not getting their REM sleep, they're five times more likely to get into a car accident the next day. The, uh, The 60 Minutes program I talked about earlier, they compared someone who was legally drunk with alcohol to someone who did not get their REM sleep the night before. Guess who was safer on the road? The drunk was safer. So when you realize how the impact on decision-making, I think of the paramedics here in California uh, that are up all night. And basically if they went and they were treating somebody after, and they were drunk, you know, there would probably have been major lawsuit. But if they didn't get any sleep, true. They're, they're, they're also equally, uh, they're thinking, their pro- mental process. And one of the things that was interesting in the study that was done was the people felt uh, that were interviewed uh, on how they did. Uh, I think it was a driving course, how they did uh, afterwards with the no REM sleep. They thought they did better than the, the drunk one. They thought they actually did great. And then when they saw it back on replay, they said like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, um, it, it was like this rude awakening. So in the moment of when you're trying to perform with no sleep, you think that you're performing well a lot of your inhibitions are gone just like when you have alcohol so a lot of the very similar things uh but you know you basically your performance is severely impacted and and that's a major problem so my message to your listeners is uh you know and that's why people we in sepa we had this campaign uh with this guy jimmy who was very annoying and people hated him but it was to get people's attention that snoring is an issue that you can't ignore, you should not ignore, because it has so many effects throughout um, your lives, your health, and we're gonna see more and more of it. Uh, As you know, there's three pillars of health, exercise, diet, and sleep. Well, we've beat up exercise and diet for the last 50 years, but we've completely ignored sleep. So sleep, I believe, is the newest trend, and it's going to be the area most focused on over the next 10 years. Uh, both in medicine, over the counter. Uh, there's a lot of biohacking and things going on all about sleep, how to create optimal sleep, all kinds of measurements on sleep, uh, you know, all those different things. Apple Watch, I'm sure, is going to be coming out with things on sleep very shortly. So it's exciting. Uh, I love being in this field. And part of my vision, my goal is to help people. I want to move that needle and get that 30 to 40 million sleep apnex. And 100 million storms. I want to get them handled. And actually, that's just US numbers. I want to go globally and I want to help people worldwide. One of the things that people, I think, don't understand, and I've had, you know, I've treated thousands of patients at this point, is they don't understand emotionally the impact. If you think of the last time we pulled an all nighter. So, Rich, when was the last time you pulled an all nighter?
1: Oh, I never, ever tried to do that. It was at least college, but. I felt so horrible. But if you, I never did it after once.
2: Right. But if you took a red eye or something, how do you feel the next day? You know, you're no, I know. If you. know.
1: If, if I don't sleep well, you feel like crap and you snap at everybody. And I realize right. it affects all your relationships. Even if the, yep. even if you put aside all the physiological consequences, all your relationships suffer because you're a jerk to everybody. So, you know, yeah, that you too go. is very important.
2: And that's, so, you know, I look at, if I could get everybody with good sleep, everybody's going to wake up in a good mood and they're going to be nice to everybody. Right now, our country is so divided and so divisive and the whole world is. And if we get everybody with good sleep, we can get everybody with smiles on their face and they can start looking at each other and going, wow, you know, yeah, I'm in a good mood. We're going to keep this mood good and we're going to do a lot of positive things. And I had a patient that just to give you an idea of the impact, uh, they came, uh, they're in for their visit. It was, I think it was a Wednesday and they said, doc, I just want to let you know, I'm going to be, I have a meeting going on. Uh, I scheduled with my wife, and my two teenage daughters uh, this Saturday, I think at like one o'clock, he told me, and I'm like, going, okay, this is kind of strange. Uh, nobody's ever told me that. And I said, okay, uh, you know, so why are you sharing this? And he said, because yeah, I would come home from work and I have an office at home and I'd go, just go right into my office. I wouldn't speak to my kids. I didn't want to help them with homework. I didn't want to see my wife. I didn't want to see anybody. And I've been that way the last five years and I didn't know it. My wife finally made me come in to see you. And, uh, because of my snoring, you showed, told me I had sleep apnea. You got me treated. I feel like this whole cloud was lifted. You know, it'd come on so gradually. I never knew it was there, but when you lifted it up, it was like, Oh my God. And my meeting on Saturday is to apologize to my daughters and my wife and tell them that their father is and husband are back. And I'm gonna to want to be engaged with them now. I want to help them with their homework, be their soccer coach. Uh, they're gonna get this whole new dad. That and I just apologized for the last five years, so I'm gonna make up for it now. And well, that's cool. You know, Hopefully, those, they won't
1: be just texting in response and ignore them. I'm just making yeah, a joke.
2: Yeah, no, though. Yeah. So those, you know. It, as you said, it's not just the physical health issues, but so much the emotional issues on a day-to-day basis. And we just, we really need to attend to the sleep. Whatever solution works for anybody, just go for it. You know, just get out there. I wish everybody listening will just make a commitment to getting better sleep. I mean, that is so the key.
1: Well, excellent. Well, well, we're we're just about out of time. So what are some references for people? So if they're in the LA area, What do they do, and if they're not in the LA area, what do they do?
2: Well, if they're in the LA area, certainly uh, snore experts uh, give the offices a call, and they'll be happy to help you. If you're not in the LA area, you can look to see if there's a sleep-certified dentist in your area. But if there's not, that's okay. Just um, understand, uh, look, just Google, look on the internet uh, for uh, dentists that treat sleep uh, that do um, treat sleep apnea and snoring. Uh, but you can also look for physicians. Just understand that the physicians are going to be slanted towards CPAPs. Dentists are going to typically be slanted towards oral appliances. And you really have to look at which one is best for you because it's different for everybody. Um, the other thing, too, too, that you can test is the Zipa mouthpiece is $99. You can order it online. It's real easy to do. And there's a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if it doesn't work for you, you're not happy with it, just return it. But it's a quick, easy way to see if just a simple mouthpiece will take care of the problem. Uh, As I said, if you do go the Z-Pod direction, then make sure you really give it a good try. Expect a little bit of gagging and drooling. You must put it in an hour before you uh, go to bed for about a week uh, to really adapt to
1: it. Very good. Well, Jonathan, thank you for coming on and, you know, your passion about helping people with sleep problems is, uh, it's evident. So I'm glad you came. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks Rich for letting me get the word out and anything I can do and, you know, help people get better is, you know, that's where my goal is.
0: You're listening to the future tech health podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age to 40, I never realized the obvious that we all have medical issues